you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Season with Peter Schrager. Uh, I'm smiling here as I'm recording this because it's the last week of August. We've got the NFL's regular season kickoff rapidly approaching and football is in the air. I'm joined by my wonderful producer, Mr. Aaron Wong Kaufman. Aaron, are you feeling the football in the air right now or is this just me because I'm doing good morning football and after three hours and I see the light at the end of the tunnel of talking about preseason football and cuts? No, I mean, there was like a huge weekend of preseason games, uh, some blowouts. I mean, this was, I'm getting ready and like roster cuts are happening. And so you're seeing, getting a sense of who's going to be on every team and who might be changing hands like the Jonathan Taylor news. And so I, I'm very excited. It is, it's, it's starting. I want to start today's podcast with a little riff on the jets. Uh, it's time now like to put up or shut up and that's before the season even starts. But this has been in my memory, the most dramatic and positive and optimistic training camp in preseason I can remember covering the NFL for the New York Jets usually a doom and gloom franchise and yet when they started Rodgers on a Saturday night game against the Giants in the Snoopy Bowl at MetLife and Rodgers hits Garrett Wilson on that touchdown and you actually see it all and it, it, you can vision it 
I started to think like, what if the Jets actually do this thing? And like, what would that mean? Not only for New York City and for New Jersey and Connecticut and Westchester and Long Island and all these areas, but like, what would that mean for the Jets franchise as a whole? Like, they have been the punchline, the joke, the 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 pinata, the punching bag, you name it, for at least a decade. And yet, there they were, the ones, mind you, Aaron, going against the twos from the Giants' defense. <laughs> and they move the ball right downfield, and Rodgers throws one of those perfect Rodgers passes, back shoulder fade, touchdown. And then I look at the roster. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. He could still play football. Sauce Gardner won NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year and was an All-Pro in his first season at corner. Quinn and Williams, one of the best defensive tackles and disruptors in all of football. Garrett Wilson won NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year as a wide receiver with Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Chris Strevler throwing him passes last year. Brees Hall's a stud. Dalvin Cook is a four-time Pro Bowler. Alan Lazard might be the best blocking receiver in the NFL. Weird thing to say, but he might be. Plus, a really relied upon guy for Aaron Rodgers, who he brings with him from Green Bay. You go down the roster of these players. I didn't mention C.J. Mosley. I, I haven't mentioned Elijah Vera Tucker, who's an outstanding offensive lineman. And it's like, it is kind of possible. And as much fun as we've been having with this Jets hard knock season, and as much fun as it is to be like, wow, the Jets for the Super Bowl. What if, what if um, the only thing that's going to stop the Jets besides a difficult schedule and besides the inexperience from a lot of these guys in big games is going to be that offensive line. I think the most fascinating moment of the entire NFL weekend came from the press conference after their victory over the New York Giants on a Saturday meaningless preseason game. And it was Aaron Rodgers talking about Makai Becton. Aaron, if you're not familiar, and I know some of the listeners aren't in the Jets blogs and the Reddit every day, uh, Makai Becton was a top 10 pick for the New York Jets. And in his first seven games as a pro, was maybe the most dominant rookie offensive tackle the sport has ever seen. He was swallowing people. He was protecting the quarterback, but also dominant in the run game. And then he got injured. And then he missed a year. And then he missed another year. And then he put on weight. And Mekhi Becton became this this punchline of sorts. And also, uh, in the social media era, a guy who would respond to a lot of the tweets and internalize it and then respond in a way that I don't think we were familiar with. People would call him fat. He would respond. People would call him lazy. He would respond. It's been a long time since we've seen the Makai Becton that we saw his rookie year. And yet this offseason, every single day, Makai Becton would take a selfie of his photo and be like, getting that work in. And you would see his weight drop from this 350-pound you know, giant offensive lineman who is just unpolished and to all of a sudden like, okay, there's a physique there. And you would hear stories out of the Jets camp. And I talked to the coaches that like, no, Becton's playing well. He's getting there. He's getting there. There's always a hint of hesitation with being like, Becton is back or Becton is going to be that guy this year when I talk to Jets sources. However, he is light years ahead right now as we head towards the season as he was a year ago. And Makai Becton might be the most important young Jets player on this roster. Of course, Rodgers and Salah and and uh, Nathaniel Hackett might be the, the, key, the key players in this thing. But if Becton is good, 
and Rodgers is protected on the right-hand side of that offensive line, there's a chance the Jets do fulfill expectations. But the most important soundbite came from Rodgers. I want you to listen to Aaron Rodgers talking about the much-beleaguered fourth-year offensive tackle for the New York Jets, Makai Becton. Yeah, I like Makai. I like Makai a lot. Uh, I think uh, he's a guy that, uh, just like all of us, we all want to feel like we belong. You know, we want to feel like we're a part of this thing and that uh, we're part of the group. And whether by his own doing or or just the way things fell, I think he might not have felt that way. And it's it's normal when you're when you're on injured reserve. And I've been a couple times. It's it's a tough place to be because you feel isolated from the team. You're outside of, you know, you're not maybe traveling as much. You're not in the meetings. Um, so I think it's been a conscious effort by all of us to make him feel like, you know, he's a part of this thing. He's so talented. He's he's humongous and he's athletic for a man who's six eight three fifty. And so I'm excited about seeing him out there. Uh, he's a big uh, big teddy bear on the inside. So I've been enjoying getting to know him. Uh, he's a uh, fierce competitor on the field, though, and I'm excited about having him out there. And I think that's exactly what Mavakai Becton needs. He needs love. He needs compassion. Uh, he's been beat up pretty bad. And look, I know what you're saying. So what? He's an NFL player. Like, be in shape. That's all you have to worry about. Go do it. I don't know. I still think of Becton as a 24-year-old kid, and he's got a young child of his own, and he spoke about that this week as well and what that means as far as maturity goes. And I'm hoping for him. And if he can return to form like he was those first seven games of his NFL career, watch out. Jets have another star in their hands. And if he doesn't, watch out. This could tumble fast, and this could be ugly for the Jets. Becton might be that most important piece that no one's talking about. And as he goes, the New York Jets may go. So on the topic of Rodgers, I look at the future and say, all right, who's going to be that next young quarterback? And as I obviously focus on the NFL, Saturday is my time to just watch football recreationally. And I've got a dude. I'm going to be watching this kid every game. And I cannot wait to see the fireworks he has. Caleb Williams, it's no shocking name. He was the Heisman Trophy winner last year. But gosh, he was fun to watch on Saturday. Cliff Kingsbury, as we talked about last week, is a pal of mine. He's now coaching with USC and he was hitting me up all week. Like you just try to find, like you got to watch us. You got to, you know, so I have the package with all the sports channels. I get on Pac-12 network. It's actually a pretty good listen. It was Ted Robinson and Yogi Roth. I like what they do. I'm like, all right, this is a good broadcast. Uh, I haven't watched the Pac-12 network in years. I know that they went through their own negotiation issues this past few months. Put it on. This kid's amazing. He's amazing. And I'm trying to temper my expectations because I'm sure I did the same exact thing when I saw Trevor Lawrence or when I saw Deshaun Watson. And I'm not going to put him in that conversation yet because he hasn't done anything this season. But he is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And the play you're talking about, and I'm not sure if we have the YouTube or the video that we could do this. I want to play. The ball is hiked over his head. On one bounce as he's spinning around, he picks it up. And he hurls it 70 yards on a dime to the receiver who's streaking for a touchdown. And in that moment, I'm like, done. I'm good. I don't need to see anything else. I don't need to hear, like, I don't need to see an interview. I don't know. I know I can work with that. I know that that play alone works at the NFL level. He's got the build. He's got all the makeup, all that stuff. And then I talked to Cliff and he's like, comes from a great family. You know, he's a DC kid. So like, he's not, uh, you know, one of these guys who's never left home. He was at Oklahoma. Now he's here. He's already done the journey. Um, and like, we're looking at what might be the next great NFL quarterback. And he did it in week zero against San Jose state. 
I'm circling it out. Aaron, we had on Jed Fish, coach of Arizona, last week. He and I have been texting ever since. Arizona plays at USC October 7th. I'm praying it's not one of those 10.30 ESPN games that, like, you know, it's, I'm already asleep. I've got to be up at 4.30 the next morning. Put it, in, put it in writing right now. I will be going to the Coliseum to see Caleb Williams versus Jed Fish's Arizona Wildcats. Will you fly in and attend with me? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't want to travel. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks, though. You know, I've got, I have something that night. I think there's a, I'm going to rewatch the Mario movie. So yeah, I can't yeah you're going to rewatch yeah. the Mario movie. Um, okay. Understood. I'll be there for you, Caleb. <laughs> One last thing, Aaron, as we record this, uh, we're doing this on Tuesday. It's NFL cut day. So by four o'clock, every team needs to go from 90 men on the roster to 53 men on the roster. Uh, you've read all the f- tweets from all the journalists being like, it's a very sad day for so many young men. Be sensitive and you should be sensitive. I think that goes without saying no one's, you know, celebrating guys getting cut. There are great stories, though. And that's what I like rally around. I know guys getting cut sucks, but there are guys who make teams. And I want to shout out because I got a text during the show that this guy was making it. Do you know who Tyson Badgent is? Not at all. <laughs> Tyson Badgent went to Division Two Shepherd. Okay, I'm Googling Shepherd right now because I don't know their logo. I don't know what the team, the Shepherd football team is, the Shepherd Rams. Okay, Division Two. Tyson Badgent's going to be the Bears' number two quarterback this year. It's Justin Fields and Tyson Badgent. Let me explain how far this guy has come. He shows up to the Senior Bowl. His father is an arm wrestling champion. And the big interview was his father did an interview and his father like arm wrestled all the reporters at the Senior Bowl. And everyone's like, who is this character? But credit to our guy, Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl, identifying Tyson Badgent from Shepard. So goes to the Senior Bowl, plays well. Uh, the draft comes along, obviously undrafted. No one took the Tyson Badgen out of Shepard. And then he latches on with the Chicago Bears. And here's why you should go to the Senior Bowl and why you should do it. Do you know who the coach was uh, at, at the Senior Bowl? It was Luke Getze, who's the offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. So he was the coach at the Senior Bowl. He had a chance to be with Tyson Badgen. They don't draft him. He says, come to Bears camp. Well, they cut P.J. Walker a couple days ago. P.J. Walker was making $2 million, longtime veteran in the league. And suddenly the door was open for Tyson Badgent. As everyone does the required, and I don't do it because I feel like it's it goes without saying, like, today, please remember, as you celebrate NFL football, thousands of players are losing their jobs. Yes, we know. It sucks. That's just what it is. We've, we've been following the league forever. It sucks. And those guys will go on practice squads or they won't, and the dream ends. And we can do that story another day. I'm here to celebrate a great one. Tyson Badgent out of Shepard will make the Bears. He will dress in games. And it's one of those stories where it's a come from nothing, undrafted guy as Justin Fields' is backup. He's one play away from being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I can tell you, draft weekend, that was probably not a possibility. So uh, those are the stories I rally around. We don't have to just focus on, in hushed tones, the same people that love tweeting out injury news and also love uh, you know criticizing teams and players for personnel decisions and firing coaches who are all of a sudden these sensitive souls who, please remember, there are so many players who will be losing their jobs. Yes, we know. We know. Let's celebrate the good. Tyson Badgent, uh, what a cool story. The pride of Shepard will be a Chicago Bears player week one. Uh, And with that, 
Aaron, full of I'm full of gusto today, man. I've got some piss and vinegar in me, and, and I'm Sounds ready to like go. Sounds like you, you need in, to do uh, some arm wrestling today. I think I'm in regular season <laughs> mode, baby. Uh, I'm bringing out one of my favorite guys. Jason Gay has been one of the great long form profile writers of the last 25 years. He's done incredible, all encompassing pieces on Lindsey Vaughn, on Tom Brady. I remember there was one that he did years ago on Zach Galifianakis. That was incredible. He does celebrity profiles. He also does, uh, a column in the wall street journal where his job is wall street journal columnist, where I think he could be the voice of a, a generation in a lot of ways when it comes to, to sports columns. He's really good. And, uh, he's an old friend of mine. We're going to have him on after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Our guest this week is one of my favorite people in sports media and one of my favorite guys in general. Uh, we used to live in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn and we would have like coffee dates and just talk about sports and media and life. And then he moved to Baltimore and now he is my uh, go-to guy for anything. And hey, what are you hearing on this? Or what's your feel for this? Uh, he is the columnist for the Wall Street Journal and he's one of the best writers you will ever read, uh, Mr. Jason Gay. Jason, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager. I'm honored to be here, and uh, yes, it would be far preferable if we were doing this on a bench outside a coffee shop in our old neighborhood, but I want to clarify that we didn't always have a standing date. You were just easy to find. You know, know. once you finished the show, that was sort of your uh, your your decompression time, I think. Like, between, like, 10 and noon, you could be fine reliably outside one of these places. Dude, that is so true. So when I finished Good Morning Football, and I still do this, I'll put on the headphones, I will listen to a podcast, and I'll just wander around 
around. I mean, it's the it's the beauty of Brooklyn. It's the beauty of New York City. You can just wander. Usually it's anonymously, but then I would spot you and I'd be like, yes, let's talk about Tour de France. <laughs> well, half the time I felt you were on the phone with an agent, but the other yes. part of it too, for you, we're in different parts of our day. That is, you're in the midday at least for you, right? You're yeah. winding the ship down. I am just getting turbocharged on what I'm going to do next because I've woken up a lot later than you have. Is it at this point in your life, Peter, is it completely normal to wake up early? Because I've talked to people who do morning television and they say it never actually becomes totally normal. It's always hard. It always sucks, dude. It always <laughs> sucks. When the alarm goes off, I'm excited to go to work because I love what I do, but I still look at it and say, is that really a four? Like, is that the, is it, is the clock? Am I staring at a four before that calling uh, on my digital alarm clock next to my bed that I'm like shushing so my wife uh, doesn't wake up? Truthfully, though, on weekends when there's like nothing to do and my son doesn't, have, doesn't up at 6 a.m. or our daughter isn't up at 4 a.m., like, I could still sleep to 9 a.m., I think, if I had to. I think if if I had a complete silence and I was out like in a in a hotel with absolutely no distractions and no responsibilities, I could still sleep to nine. Could you, with two kids and uh, having a rip and roar go of a of a job as well? Could you do that? Sleep till nine a.m. Uh, the kids are sleeping later, which I think is the game changer. When the kids actually start to sleep like teenagers, which they're not yet, but they're they're you know getting there. That's when your life changes. Are you able to get out like a cat burglar? I mean, because you have a full house yourself now. Are you yeah. able to get out without waking anybody? Like a thief in the night, dude. And uh, <laughs> there is no shower in the morning. That would wake the entire house. So oh, show, okay. Interesting. I'm a shower the night before guy, water okay. in the face, brush the teeth, okay. and then let's go. Okay. And then uh, we go from there. And I think that's probably too much information for the listeners. However, uh, it is important because you you were like such a part of my Brooklyn experience because you a real pal and we would talk all the time and then you told me the news post covid like we're moving to baltimore we're getting some more space and i'm going to kind of be situated there and very quickly you would be texting me questions about the ravens and giving me thoughts on lamar's <laughs> contract um give us state of the nation ravens right now they're on the other end of the lamar stuff and obviously todd monken is the offensive coordinator odell is there as a superstar you feel it from the fan base i'm sure when you're at your you know your son and daughter's athletics or when you're at pickup from school people want to talk your ear off about their local team uh state of the nation we're going into the regular season 2023 baltimore ravens jason gay what do we got i mean this town is America's leading sports town, Peter. I don't need to tell you this. You got Ravens fever, but you also have Orioles, the best team in the American League as we speak, Uh, you know, and and definitely a playoff contender. Uh, It's great. I mean, it's a great vibe. You would think that actually the Orioles would sort of compete against Ravens mini, but I actually think it kind of lifts all boats. And this really does feel like a sports town, which is, you know, this is a two major league sports town, but it just, there's a great energy to it. I mean, I should backtrack a little bit. You and I both married into Baltimore family. So I'm still a very much a stranger in a strange land. I, I've been told reliably that if I live here for 50 or 60 years, they'll start looking at me like a local. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I very much am um, I'm still a stranger. But it's been just incredible to see. I mean, even in the two years since we've been here, Peter, we've gone from some you know pretty downbeat uh, Orioles seasons, to say the least, yeah. uh, some uneven Raven seasons, yeah. real paranoia about Lamar leaving, real paranoia about the contract situation. Situation, what was going to happen next to 
you know, I'm not saying people are making hotel reservations in February, Peter, but I wouldn't not make reservations. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're going to be a really fun team to watch. I think the excitement is partly a function of obviously having, you know, Lamar back and in the fold and definitely committed to the team. But this is a new look offense for them. There are some real weapons. There's This is the sort of fantasy that people have hoped for for a long time. Like what happens if you take this guy who in and of himself is a top, top, top weapon in the league, but also give him the toys that he has wanted for a very long time. Uh, how have the how has Odell been? Because it's like when he was in New York, he's the biggest superstar. We went to to Europe last season. It was he was out of the league at the time. He didn't have a yeah. team. He was on the injured list. And we went to Germany, and I'm talking to a German fan, and I'm like, "All right, so Mahomes or Brady, who's the biggest star?" And he looked at me, this German football fan, and said, "Odell Beckham." <laughs> uh, and I'm like, "Odell's not even on a team right now, dude." He's like, "Odell Beckham is yeah. the biggest star in Germany." I'm like, "Why? How?" He's like, "He's a sensation." Uh, is that how it feels? I believe it. Listen, you're also talking to a parent of a child who went to Odell Beckham football camp, Peter, about okay. three weeks ago. Standing room only. There were kids. I didn't know there were this many kids in greater Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, every kid in town, it seems, signed up for this thing. Odell, as you know, in addition to sort of the obsessive fan base of like adult NFL fans, he has all the kids. The yeah. kids just love Odell. And, you know, whether the combination of the playing charisma, the hair, the whole thing. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement about it. I'm leaning on the skeptical side myself, right? Because we haven't seen him since that Super Bowl. We haven't seen him in a consequential football game. You know, age is a killer on, you know, uh, talent positions like his. But if you're talking about somebody who could be an option, if you're talking about putting him in an offense with Bateman, with Flowers, there's a lot of Flowers excitement. I mean, say Flowers. It's a ton. Uh, I'm trying to picture it in my head like this like high-flying passing Ravens offense. I just don't see it because I've never seen it before. Well, the question is, of course, uh, will be a protection question. And you can speak to this, I'm sure, much more uh, articulately than I can. But, like, uh, you want Lamar to get all those reads, right? You want him to be able to make choices and not be rushed and feel that he has to do something, make magic himself, uh, you know, be the kind of pocket passer that he wants to be and he's talked about wanting to be and not just be his sort of first option escape every time. Uh, if that kind of thing happens, we should talk about the new offensive coordinator who comes in from Georgia. That's a big deal. Uh, Lamar seems really energized about that. I mean, just again, look, it's late August. It's everyone's got the upbeat energy in pretty much every camp, but the vibes are good. All right. So I miss you for a lot of reasons, but one of them being, I think you would have had a blast with this Rogers stuff in New York (laughs) and you could still have it writing from Baltimore and coming in, but like, Dude, there's such little things like when he posts that he was with the cast of Chicago or that he he went and saw Back to the Future, the musical. I'm like, this is Jason Gay's column. Like, I'm writing it for like, we need like you on the ground here. What has been your impression from afar even of the Rogers New York City marriage? And it's been all good. And I tell you, no one's no one's penned the day in the life with Aaron Rodgers yet. But I gosh, I I hope you get that assignment and just get a chance to follow him around walking around Soho or Tribeca for a day. I mean, Peter, you know this. We're now old enough to know that we've seen versions of this movie before. The Jets are sort of famous for getting the kind of, you know, late autumn uh, superstar arriving in town with ambitions of bringing Jets football back to the promised land of Namath. Uh, You know, quarterback position, it's happened before, other skill positions. But 
Rodgers is a cut above. And as much as I kind of want to rain on this hype, and boy, I mean, it's just hype and hype for James. <laughs> I mean, I was giving you grief yesterday about the fact that like, oh, wow, I'm glad someone's finally paying attention to the Jets in the preseason. I feel like it's like one team and then 31 other teams. I mean, the way that this Jets thing has just taken off and like, you know, they should raise the August uh, World Championship <laughs> banner, I think, in the opener, right? Uh, but... So I want to just dump on all, all over it. But you notice, again, much better than I do, that the hardest possible thing in football is to just figure out that quarterback position. Yeah. And really, for the first time in a very long time, you enter this season saying there's a grown adult who has this job, who's been here before. There's almost nothing you can throw at him that he's not going to have a great deal of experience. He seems completely, you know, revitalized in New York. I, I didn't know what to make of that hype going in, but it definitely seems to be a thing that he is good Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, we haven't seen the Phantom of the Opera version yet. I mean, that could happen. But... Uh, you know, and again, that's a tough division, right? You know, they are stacked, the AFC East. That is a very competitive division. Uh, they have two games against a lot of quality opponents, but I don't know. They have cracked the one thing that is the hardest thing to crack. And so as much as I want to be the big rain cloud here and mock the Jets, it's hard. I know. It, it, I look at you as a writer and your stuff is different. You're not necessarily going to talk about the X's and O's and you're more about <laughs> the lifestyle and you know, how sports incorporates into our daily lives and to culture. Like, I, I mean, what, what would be the article if you were to follow around Rogers for a day? And he was like, here, Jason, here are the keys. Take me around your New York or take me around something cool culturally. <laughs> like, what would you show him? Cause honestly, I spoke to him. He's been to Broadway. He's been to a couple of Knicks games, a couple of Rangers games. He went to Carbone, which is like, you know, yeah. it, it's yes, it's Carbone, but there's a Carbone in Vegas, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm giving away any confidences here, but you spoke to him, and that was a big uh, a news making interview. Is he living on the Jersey side, or is he living in the city? He's living in Jersey. He's okay. living... I'll give you the town, because I think it's public now. He's living in Montclair, New Jersey. Oh, with the half of the reporters in the city. That's hilarious. <laughs> Talk okay. about the Montclair Mafia. You've got all... I think it's like <laughs> it's like uh, Stephen Colbert, right? And then who else? You've got yeah, all these different yeah. journalists, right? Yeah, yeah. There's journalists for days in Montclair. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. It's too bad he doesn't have kids because you can see him at school pickups and stuff like that. Um, I, I mean, look, he's a very eccentric, charismatic guy, obviously incredibly talented. Uh, you want to see him sort of light up the town, but do you, right? It's like, I feel like the second things go south, uh, you know, people will be harping on him for that kind of thing, if they go south, that is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the time to enjoy New York, to appreciate New York probably was the early part of this. I mean, I believe after he signed, he went to every single Knicks and Rangers yeah. game for about uh, two or three weeks. Uh, he was very active that way. Again, what I find amusing, and I'm sure you do too, is people in Green Bay are like, <laughs> who's this guy? Like, what? Yeah. All They're smiles. Like, like, yeah. Right. I mean, because that was such an incredible psychodrama the last bunch of seasons. And obviously, you know, it was a pretty combative situation with the front office there. They're like, who's this guy? And then the other thing, Green Bay fans like to be snarky and say, Call us in November, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like, let us know how it's going. Um, we'll see. I mean, listen, I feel the Jets, 
you know, they're this un, you know, they're this frozen caveman, right, <laughs> lurking below the surface, and 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 and, you know, people are just so accustomed to it going south. And were they to revitalize? Were they to perform? Even if they were to just be playoff competitive, Peter, the bar is low. This is not like Super Bowl or bust. If the Jets were able to go in and win a couple of playoff games, gosh, we have not seen that since the Rex Ryan yeah. Magic Khaki days. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're going to be coming to New York the next couple of weeks for the U. Open. I'm not looking to do a huge breakdown of Alcaraz or Coco Golf, but what I would say is <laughs> I have questions about the U.S. Open experience because yeah. I think it's maybe the best two weeks of New York, and if you can get there, you've got to. You'll be covering it for the Wall Street Journal, as you always do, writing about slice of life stuff, but also uh, tracking it as the tournament advances. Where do the players stay? Uh, they stay all over. I mean, you can stay as close as, you know, Three blocks away at the Holiday Inn, Peter. You know, I know you like that Queen's Holiday Inn. I like Holiday that Inn Paris Hotel. That. Yeah. that Paris oh, Hotel. Yeah. Where get... <laughs> yeah. A fantastic aquarium, you know, one of the great aquariums in all of New York hoteling. Uh, yeah, you can stay all those places. Uh, most of them stay in the city. They have relationships, of course, with some of the swankier hotels, depending on how uh, fancy you are. You'll see it turn up in uh, Instagram accounts, Peter. You know, when you see the uh, players saying, like, what a wonderful stay at the one. <laughs> hotel you know then you know that something's going on um but yeah most of them you know you see those courtesy cars those mercedes-benz courtesy cars all over the city this time of year at midtown that's a pretty good indicator that that's where the players are uh i always this is one of my favorite things about the u.s open peter uh they for years i don't know if they have it this year because i haven't been up yet but they have had a free parking for mercedes owners okay (laughs) i don't know if you're I don't know if you're a Mercedes no, owner. We Peter. haven't quite made that that move yet. Someday, uh, maybe that's a reason to get one, Peter. Okay, <laughs> you sit there, you're like, we could get the Datsun or we could get the Mercedes. <laughs> Free parking, U.S. Open. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, that's a real thing that existed for quite a while. Um, I think it's one of the great, you know, sporting experiences in New York City. I agree with you entirely. I think one of the things that makes the U.S. Open phenomenal is that there's a lot to see, you know, especially if you go in the first week of the tournament when more and more seeds are still active in the tournament, still competing. You can go there and watch at any given moment a dozen matches. You know, Mm -hmm. you can watch it from, you know, singles to doubles, women's, men's. Uh, wheelchair tennis, uh, junior tennis, all kinds of competitive events all over the place. You don't have to sort it's just as, you know, for a tennis person, it's like Comic-Con. For somebody who is just sort of like a casual fan, you know, wants an experience, good food, you know, really good food, uh, lots of booze, yeah. uh, lots of places to hang out. You know, it can get a little hot around there, but there's shade, there's places you can go and get out of the sun. Um, it's pretty special. And you get a rowdier crowd than you get at other Grand Slam events. I think part of it is the booze. Yep. Part of it also is the night tennis. You know, that's the sort of big New York aspect of this, that these players will be out there sometimes, you know, past midnight playing, sometimes deep into the morning. Um, and, and, and that's a really bizarre, unique experience as well. And people love that. I think you'd be happy to know that Erica and I got married and the specialty cocktail at our drink was the honey deuce, which oh, is really? which is the drink that they serve at the U.S. Open. It's Grey Goose vodka, it's two mm. melon balls, and then it's a bunch of sugar and it's delicious. <laughs> yes. You it's can keep the cup. You can keep the cup, which right, is great. Right, right, right. And, and I, you keep the cup. 
I believe the price is north of twenty dollars oh, yeah. at the U.S. Open now. Um, and if you have four of them, you will likely be thrown out of the event <laughs> because you'll be screaming at the players to, you know, pick up the pace. Uh, real quick, tennis stuff. We saw the Alcaraz Djokovic final. Is it those two, and then everybody else, or is there a, another player you're watching on the men's side? I think so. I mean, Carlos has been, you know, a little bit up and down since Wimbledon, even though he won a tournament, even though he's been active. Uh, he has, you know, been playing a little bit erratically. He went through Cincinnati, you know, going three sets with everybody, had a spectacular final against Djokovic, in which he had match points to win, didn't get it. Um, but that's the match everybody wants to see. Because this is the thing, Peter, everyone expected men's tennis to be like, done. oh my God, it's what over. are we going to do yeah. here? Right, right, right? And it's all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know, to give it a football analogy, it's like drafting Joe Burrow on the heels of Tom Brady. It's like, you have this person coming in who might redefine the sport altogether right on the heels and actually being able to play against arguably the GOAT in tennis, that's a really neat thing to witness. Djokovic actually seems very motivated by this because all of a sudden he's got this new uh, nemesis. And Carlos is just super likable, too. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to sort of see him in interviews, see his body demeanor. I mean, just like guys excited, you know, loves playing tennis, is a happy-go-lucky guy, and it just comes out in the experience of watching him. I mean, he's in that sort of rare category already at age 20, of like he just pops off the screen. You know, our favorite kind of athletes, Peter, as you know, are those ones that like, you don't have to know the sport to be like, who's that? Yeah. You know, I want to know everything about that person. And he plays that way. Your best celebrity encounter at a US Open, go. <laughs> you know, I actually remember seeing somebody uh, at the absolute apex of Hamilton, seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda, like scurrying for a seat and being like, oh my gosh. And he had the whole like ponytail thing. Like he looked like he had just come <laughs> from set from Hamilton. He wasn't in like, you know, colonial gear, but like, yeah, that was pretty neat to see. I mean, there've been some pretty great ones. Pretty much everybody who's anybody who comes through that event at some point, it's such a CNSB scene thing. Um, Andy Murray had a very interesting super fan for a very long time, Sean Connery. So Sir Sean right? Connery. Yes. Were they from the same town? I know. I don't think so. They're, right? well, they're Scots. They're both yeah. Scots. Uh, and, and so he was a super fan of Annie Murray. And Sean Connery, not a very showy celebrity. Like <laughs> no, he would have the there. hat pulled down very low, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, everybody comes through there. I just did a Carlos piece in which I talked to Jimmy Butler for this. So Carlos's big super fan is Jimmy Butler. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's the yeah, just Jimmy? Jimmy's a huge tennis, tennis guy. Been a tennis guy for a long time. Actually, did an event at the U.S. Open a couple of days ago with Carlos, where they hit around a little bit. What? Um, Jimmy's a serious tennis guy. Um, you know, he's an international dude um when i talked to him about carlos you know what he said to me peter he said i actually should be doing this in spanish with you but i'm gonna assume you don't speak spanish so uh we'll just do this in english i was like jimmy Jimmy. you got me on this but he's a major carlos super fan uh but yeah listen i mean name it last night uh michelle and barack obama in the audience to watch coco goff and uh novak Djokovic. so they really draw him in there peter and I should say Peter Schrager shows up occasionally I'm at the there. US Open. So, I'm there. Uh, I'll never forget. Are it you is... box only or are you? Uh, I've never been in know, a box. You... I've never been in a box. Oh, I go, okay. I get the, I get, I buy my own seats. I've never covered it as a journalist. I just have to go. I like going during the day session. I'll leave Good Morning Football and I'll take this. Uh, I actually take, this is a nice little hack if you're listening in New York. Don't take the subway because it takes forever. Mm. 
take the Long Island Railroad to Metz Willits Point. That's it's right. a much more luxurious trip on the train instead. <laughs> uh, get off, and it's probably one every hour, and then you just you get tripped off at where City Field is, and you walk right over to the stadium. But I will go. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go Labor Day. I'm going to take my son, and I uh, think we're going to go and we're going to check it out. But I'll never forget. Probably like ten years ago. I'm sitting there and we went on maybe the Friday before the finals. It was like back then it was like not super Saturday, but the Friday was awesome. You would get the women's semis and then like mm-hmm. the doubles finals and it was women's semis and it was uh, an incredible, incredible match between like Serena and I forget who she was against at the time. Might've been Saloma. What's her name? Halep. What was her name? Simone, Simone Halep. Halep. Yep. Yeah. Might've yeah. been that. And there was a woman in front of me and I'm like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's six foot 10. She looks like she's got a hair for, and she turns around and she's like, are those good? And she was pointing at the, the drink I was drinking, which happened to be the honeydews. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's good. Charlize Theron just sitting there with the with the un, with the sweaty masses, us, us, us fools out there, and it was the coolest thing. And I'm like, that's the U.S. Open in a nutshell. Did you say that to Erica when you guys had your wedding planning? You're like, this is Charlize Theron's favorite drink. I'm really, you gotta do this. Erica's like, what is with this honeydew? So I'm like, no, no, we have to do it for our wedding. Why? There's no connection to the two of us. Because we I'm must do it. <laughs> we must do it. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, here's the exercise we're going to do because season starts next week. Um, mm. And I think you're one of the great profile writers of all time. And I mean that. And this is like, you're like, okay, don't make me blush with Frank DeFord and Gary Smith and all these guys. But for a while there, when like Jason Gay did a big 
profile on a player or an athlete or an owner. I'm like, I'm reading it no matter what. And I'd say probably 10, 15 years ago, magazines had these giant budgets and they would give you uh, X amount of dollars and say, go spend a week with this player or go spend a week with this celebrity and go write this amazing profile. And it'll be in uh, a cover of whether it be Vogue or it be Vanity Fair or in your case, GQ or the New York Observer, whatever it was. Here's the exercise we're going to do. There are so many personalities in, in, in football right now, and it's players, mm. it's coaches, it's owners. We're going to do a draft, a fantasy draft, and mm-hmm. I am the editor, and you are the writer, and I'm going to give you a giant budget <laughs> and a one-week deadline to spend as much time as you need unfiltered with this athlete or this coach or this owner, this person out of the NFL, and we're going to do a draft, three players or owners or whoever's each, and we're going to do who we would pick if we could do a celebrity profile on anybody and do it old school GQ magazine style back in the day when they would spend unlimited amounts of money just to get the best photos and the best articles written. That's the buildup. Jason Gay, you're first on the clock. The first figure in our NFL world that you would want to do a giant profile on is whom? Okay. Well, I'm going to be a huge homer here. And I'm going to take somebody who has been profiled, you know, uh, quite well in other places. But, you know, I, I would love to get my whack at it. I had an opportunity to speak to him last year, but I'd love to get a lot of time with him. The one and only Justin Tucker. Okay? <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. <laughs> you did Talk not expect it. the kicker. Did not expect you. The first overall pick being an undrafted kicker. Go on. He's the GOAT. I mean, Peter, we can say this, can we? I mean, uh, you're the football expert here. Is he a goat among us already? Is that clear? Yes, he's the greatest kicker to ever kick a football. There's no doubt. Vinatieri might have more rings, but you're talking you need one kick to win a game. Justin Tucker's the guy. And talking to him, I'm going to make a terrible analogy, but like, I mean, he's like sort of like a quantum physicist. I mean, he is somebody who does not look at kicking as some this, this sterile repetitive act that looks at it from so many incredible variables and just to hear his brain operate around the way you kick the all the things he can alter the fact that he feels he can always get better which is sort of an obsessive quality that i love and also the fact that he's rich as hell for doing this one thing peter mm-hmm. right it's like and he has just pinnacle respect Nobody sweats him. Like, he just occupies this airspace. I mean, I always think of the kicker as, like, the first person pushed off the bus on a football team, right? (laughs) Always. But he could make the cases he's the last guy, right? I mean, with the Ravens. I mean, and then you know that stadium is in a part of town where, like, it's near the water. Like, it's if you're going to be kicking, like, 62-yard field goals, you would not put a stadium right there, right? Uh, I just think he'd be a fascinating dude. And, and you know, I think the relationship between a kicker and a city, I wrote this in, in the journal last year when I talked to him that, like, how many towns, Peter, do you go to? And I'm asking this of you, yeah. where you see the kicker jersey in high quantity. Never. Is there any other city besides no. Tucker? I mean, no. just Tucker. That's it. He's number three, by the way. It's Lamar. Andrews Tucker. I got that from the Ravens. Now, I'm sure Odell's up there now. Yeah. And maybe Zay. Zay is too. But but last year, it was, yeah, it was was Lamar, Andrews, and Tucker in terms of jerseys. He's just, I mean, there's been nobody like him. And so I think all that territory would be really cool. That's really interesting because he is the best at what he does. 
and it's of all time. And he does look and act as if he's just a normal guy too. Obviously I've met him and you've met him. He has the opera stuff, which has been done a million times, but just from a pure athleticism standpoint, what he does, he's the greatest at his craft to ever do it, which is pretty incredible. He walks around as a normal human in society. He does not stand out physically. He does not like, you know, he's not sort of a booming, charismatic, crazy guy. I mean, he definitely has his eccentricities as we alluded to, but like he's definitely, I mean, I just feel like there's a lot to chew on there. Um, another one. Okay, this one is a little bit more serious and sobering. Wait, do I get to pick? But, I want to pick. Let's oh, do a draft. Oh, we're going back and forth. Oh, it's a snake. Oh, it's not a snake draft. Okay, it's right, just a regular draft. I'm going to go. So you're okay. Justin Tucker's off the board. I'm going to give you one that I thought you were going with. <laughs> Pretty right. obvious, and yet I don't think the comprehensive post-retirement piece has been done. I want to. I want a week with Brady. I want to know what the hell's going on, and I want to know what's going on through his head, and what his life's like, and what it's like for the first time in twenty-something years to not be playing football. I saw him on on TV that he's now he was like at the Vegas preseason game, and he's sort of there as a minority owner, but he's also sort of there as like Tom Brady celebrity. And I know he's supposed to take over the Fox gig next year. I all in. It seems like he is, but this year, this moment in time, Tom Brady out of football as a player before he goes into being a broadcaster, post-divorce, pre-whatever this next chapter is, like, I am fascinated at what's going on with Brady. And it could go a lot of different directions, too. I don't think this would be one of those glory, you know, filled like hero worship pieces. I feel like I I want the real stuff. I want to know what's really going down. And I, I feel like it hasn't been done yet. My question would be, as your editor, would be, do you think you can get it out of him? You mm. know, is he in a place in his life where he's willing to go there with you? Now, I did get the opportunity to spend a little time talking to him a couple se- a couple of seasons ago, and he's definitely less guarded than he was at New England, for sure. You know, much more, you know direct and we saw him like interviewed on the shop you know it was sort of showing yeah. a side of him that you hadn't seen before however sort of like a skilled politician he has this ability to kind of give you the tom brady experience without giving you tom brady like sort of like you know throw an f-bomb in there a like, little oh, bit I of candor here and there you're like wow <laughs> but then when you get back and you roll the tape you're like oh wait it's not totally <laughs> the whole thing he's very skilled that way uh, there's obviously an incredible amount to talk to him with. I mean, like, look, just off the top of my head, I mean, obviously, you know, the personal life stuff was pretty messy last year. The whole FTX thing. Yeah, is the NFTs. Wild with him. Yes. All that stuff. Um, you know, and like, he's this guy who's trying to navigate being, you know, he in front of him is the idea that he could be like the next, like, Michael Jordan, Arnold Palmer type, the person yes. who is Emeritus, bigger than the sport. Just bigger. Right. Yes. But it hasn't exactly worked, right? It's like the clothing brand came and like it made a little bit of a splash, but I don't think it sort of took off in the manner that they were hoping it would do. Um, he's had sort of a very sort of all over the place kind of endorsements over the years. Um, you know, he's not a normal Dude, I mean, you, you can't win like that. You know, you can't be that person and have that kind of life and be exactly normal. I'd be curious to see what you could pry out of him. Hopefully you could do better than I did. I, I, I appreciate it. I think he'd be really interesting if he was honest. You're right. And I don't know if anyone's going to get that side of him. All right, you're up next. Who are you going with? Okay. Um, Peter, it's another kicker. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, this is more serious. I think Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid is somebody who has had 
incredible triumph and tragedy in his life. He has, you know, had a family that has had incredibly tragic circumstances and um, tough stuff and perseveres. And I'd be very interested in sort of knowing more about what sort of makes him operate, what sort of motivates him, what his sort of inner dialogue is like. I have to figure that he is this master compartmentalizer, somebody who can, you know, keep on plugging away through uh, terrible things that have happened. And I just think that's a that's a compelling story. That is the definition of sort of like a DeFord, Gary Smith yes. classic from back in the day. In fact, I I imagine those were done when he was with the Eagles because, you know, some stuff was happening then too. But even now, in sort of like the sort of golden era of his football respect, there's a lot to go there. I, I, 100%. I get a chance every year at dinner at the Combine. Uh, Brett Veach, the GM, and Andy Reid invite me to dinner, and I'm not name-dropping or anything. It's a cool thing I get to do. They take me out, and it's a few other people, and I'm at a table with them, and Andy's nothing but sweet and incredible, and he's not as, maybe you expect him to be loud and like with the Hawaiian shirt, right, and all that. Right, that's not him. Right. He's sweet. He's, he's not Chris kind, Farley. Right, he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> and he's a kind man, but I, too, I, I, every time I'm talking to him, there's this like hole in my heart thinking about the tragedies that he's gone through, obviously, with his kid. Um, and then I start thinking, OK, and then how do you also become the most beloved, giving, warm coach to so many players? And then the thing with Andy that's so incredible is we talk about the Belichick coaching tree. Andy Reid's coaching tree blows Belichick's out oh, of the yeah. water. Oh, yeah. And those guys oh, yeah. have great success, whereas Belichick's don't have as much. So great call on that one. I'm going to go a coach also for my second pick, a guy who I got a chance to become really close with last year, but I want to see him in this moment in time. I want the definitive Sean Payton piece. And if Jared Bell didn't do a great enough job already doing it once, I almost want to double dip and go back and do it again and see now that his comments were taken uh, and put in print and he had to suffer the blowback from all that. But Sean is, uh, I've said this before, and I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or whatever. Not that I judged a book by a cover wrong but like for years i've been covering the nfl 20 years sean payton and i had no relationship and i always deferred to the fact that like jay glazer works on fox with me that is jay glazer's guy i i would be really annoyed if i had a coach and all of a sudden like a younger guy came in and was constantly like hey coach i also don't think that coach would want to open up to me but we are put together on this tv show last year and this is after i've been i've i've called 10 different sean payton games i've met him in production meetings but nothing but kind but not like schrager here's my number i didn't have his number nothing we became really close and i freaking loved his energy, like high energy, hilarious, encyclopedic mind, um, Parcells quotes, Churchill quotes, like history buff, uh, loves pop culture, has a young spirit. Like, and I, and this is the second chapter of his career where it's like, all right, saints thing broadcast. And now I'm going to try to revitalize the Broncos. I think it's a really cool moment in time. And we've got to pick like playoff teams in a week for good morning football. And I'm tempted to put the Broncos in, and yet there is no evidence other than the fact that I trust Sean Payton that they are a football team. But yet that fact alone, Jason, that might be enough for me to say, like, the Broncos are going to the playoffs. Sean Payton won't let them fail. Now, it's funny because you worked both sides of the street on that story because, of course, you were the one who went to Aaron a couple of weeks later or days later and asked him about it, and Aaron bit right back. Uh, but I have to think that, like, when you see something like that, you know, those amazing quotes that came out of Peyton's mouth and just sort of like, you know, I think we can say like sort of like breaking the code. Yeah, right. You know, it's like it's very unusual to see a coach criticize another active coach. I can't help but think that, like, it's one of those rare experiences where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the person. 
Like, because yeah. sometimes you read quotes in the paper and you're like, ah, well, he's being, you know, behaved and like he knows what to say and he's not going to give it up. And you're like, oh, no, that's the guy. That's him. Did that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. The, stuff, that's the stuff he would say in a green room and he'd be like, whoa. Right. And then he said right. it in print on the record. And right. I, I don't right. think he said it on accident right. either. Right. No, fair play to the reporter, too, for getting that, because it's it's uh, that's that's really what you're striving for. And all this stuff is to have enough of a relationship that the artifice comes down and you're not getting the sort of managed commentary and you're getting something great like that. Uh, your last pick, if you were to do a profile so far, you've got the assignments. You've got Justin Tucker and Andy Reid. Who's number three? Josh Harris would be an amazing follow for why? a year. Just I, he's sort an of owner, like, but like, why is that amazing to you? I've watched the interviews. First of I'm all, not, you, want um, to shake, you want to shake my hand? Yeah. I want to shake my hand? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> just hold it. I just think of like, it's somebody who's like walking into a condemned house that they just bought <laughs> and they're going through all the newspapers that are up to the ceilings and they're finding like stuff that's like underneath the couch because they're like, what did I get? What am I doing here? And all of a sudden, you know, you are the talk of the town. Everybody is obsessed with you. They want to give you the key to the city. They want you to build RFK in Washington. But you have to like sort of basically do this uh, uh, exorcism of, you know, 30 years of misery. And like, I just think that's a compelling story to follow somebody around who's coming from in, in a synchronous world. He's not a sports person, even though he has this like sports background. He's a, you know, he's a finance guy. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a finance guy. That. But the other one that I think a little bit more closer to your heart, Peter, and I've not seen this profile. I've seen him be the person quoted in profiles of television people. But I really think if you it would be a sort of great New Yorker profile for somebody who is really skilled. Uh, Fred Godelli. Interesting. Hall of Fame broadcast producer. Fred Godelli. Producer. Basically, you know, the way that football looks in 2023, the way that football is narrated, the whole sort of like formatting of it. He's had an incredibly influential hand in this. He is the executive producer, I think, of Amazon now. He also has this joint deal with NBC. I mean, that's when you know you have power, when you're able to sort of work both, you know, do that still, both of those things. You know, he's obviously been Al Michaels' guy for a very long time. You could spend a lot of time in a booth there and sort of see how their mind operates. I mean, that's something that I think that, I mean, I'm sort of preaching to the choir here because you're in the world, but like, is very, very underappreciated how skilled the people who are giving you the camera work, the production value in NFL. And 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 also like, look, Peter, if I'm gonna put a fancy hat on this story, it's the last monoculture we have left in the world. We have Taylor Swift yeah. and we have the NFL, or at least in the United States. We have those two things and it's the last great television show that we all watch. And I think it's never been better. I mean, it's actually a problem for the NFL, Peter. You know this, that the TV product is too good. Some people that, don't like, want to leave the sitting, couch. They don't want to leave the couch. Stadiums are sitting around. I mean, we know this, both of us, that they're having conversations about, like, what is our value add here? Like, if we're going to make someone come in here and spend $500 on a Sunday, what are we giving them that they don't get at home? And it's a hard sell, you know, for a lot of people uh, because the product is so good on TV. And so this is a person who it be an amazing portal to all that stuff. He also goes way back to some really kooky days of the the, the forum when, you know, people were a lot less well-behaved. <laughs> um, and, and I think you get some great stories out of that too. I love it. Uh, I've never worked with Fred Goodelli. Obviously, I've gotten to meet him a few times. And this year, he put on a gold jacket, which is so cool and so well-deserved. I love that choice. That'd be interesting. My last one would be Mike Tomlin. 
Um, yeah. I know I went retired player, coach, coach. Uh, I just feel like Mike Tomlin is the standard now in Pittsburgh. And they had another nine and eight season last year where he avoided going 500. But like to go through yet another transition of like, here's another version of the Steelers. And here's Tomlin now like the senior voice of the NFL's like coaching community behind Belichick and Carol and Reed. I just think it's such a cool position for him and such a cool time. And I really think the Steelers could be excellent this year. And here's Tomlin who is no 30 or 40 year old coach anymore. And he's got these two kids in Pickett and Pickens, who I think are going to be excellent this year, and the Steelers, this franchise. I I think Mike Tomlin's always a great quote, but I don't think there's been a definitive sports profile of him done in many years. Is he now the longest tenured Steelers coach ever? Oh, Chuck Knoll was there for a long time. Chuck Knoll was there up until Cower. So let's say Chuck Knoll. But you're right. It's already, I mean, Tomlin got there in 05, 06 maybe. Yeah, he might be, which is a wild statistic. Because the psychology of that role is interesting in the respect that, like, look, your buddy's also at Sean McVay. And yes. we feel Sean McVay sort of takes wins and losses right on the shirt sleeves. Like, the, like the, that he internalizes the, the pain and the suffering as well as the joy of the job, you know, very sort of viscerally. To be in a job like that for 15, 16, 17, 18 years, uh, you cannot be constitutionally the kind of person who takes it terribly every time. You have to sort of get comfortable. I'm not saying get comfortable with losing, but you have to understand that you're never, you know, it's like there's only one team left at the end yeah. and it's most likely not going to be you. And for him, he's been there to the mountaintop once, I believe, as the, as the champion. Um, that means that the other years you didn't reach that. And how do you sort of rationalize and resolve that? It makes me think of like the Giannis thing that happened after the NBA yeah. playoffs where they lost. Is it a failure? Giannis took a lot of, yeah. Is it a failure? And, you know, there's a million reasons. And I know that people in your world are very skilled at explaining why Mike Tomlin is so incredibly great. And the metrics of like how many rings don't necessarily apply. But, yeah, he's, you know, uh, it's it's a funny thing to say because I looked at him recently doing a, a press conference and I was like, for the first time, I was like, oh, he looks old or older. older. Like, you know, he's always been the younger guy. You he know, was. He, he was the cool youngest look. coach ever to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And and they're like, oh, yeah, now he's the older guy. Uh, that's an interesting dynamic as well. Yeah. Um, real quick, in closing. You grew up a Patriots fan up in the New England area, and this is one of those years where no one knows anything. They could go 10 and 7, mm -hmm. they can go 5 and 12. Your feel on your Patriots. Well, just to clarify, I, I'm old enough that I grew up in Schaefer Stadium, Sullivan Stadium, Patriots, aluminum benches, yeah. snowplow on the field, uh, Victor Kayam, like, you know, 2 and 14, like Patriots. All right. This whole like dynasty, you know, Robert Kraft thing, era. Yeah. I was long gone from Massachusetts. I don't recognize it whatsoever. Um, no, I mean, listen, the Patriots are this kind of like institution now where everything that they do is outsized in the region. And so like there's always going to be disproportionate excitement, also disproportionate doomsdayism. I think it's hilarious to hear the sort of simultaneous conversation of are the Patriots actually uh, an underrated potential playoff threat? And is Belichick on the hot seat? Yeah, like right? it's just like both sides of the mouth being talked about here. Uh, I just think it's hilarious that, but that sort of speaks to what 
you know, it is that sort of New England ethos of like sky is falling, but maybe we could make it this year. Like, you know, that's all, I recognize that very well. Our mutual friend Bill Simmons is all in. Like, I don't know if you've heard him talk. He's like, this is the year. We're great. Everyone's not one's talking about us. I don't know if I can get on board. I don't know if I can do it. I will tell you this. Um, there's a guy there that they're super excited about. Rookie Pop Douglas, wide receiver. And as I say that, in the back of my head, I'm like, gosh, if we're banking on Pop Douglas, are the Patriots really going to be a contender this year? What is your go-to thing when somebody, you know, you're at some social occasion, you know, you're waiting in line at Amagansa for an ice cream cone. Amagansa! Someone says, somebody says, Schrager. Give me one fantasy tip. Like, I mean, it, it must be the bane of your existence. I hate but it. Like, you know, that. <laughs> I hate it. And I get it all the time. And I say the same thing. And it pisses me off the response. I'll say, take Jameer Gibbs, the rookie from the Lions. And it's because we had Brad Holmes on this podcast. And Brad Holmes waxed poetic about Jameer Gibbs. Like he was, you know, the next Jerry Rice slash, you know, Roger Craig all in one. And the response that I get that pisses me off so much, Jason, is people be like, no, I know that one. Give me another one. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, no, I don't have it. No. And they're like, well, everyone knows Jameer Gibbs. Like, no, not everyone knows Jameer Gibbs. He hasn't played it down yet. So I always say Jameer Gibbs. And then they'll say, well, give me a team that you think is, is, is going to be good. And I say, I really like the Seahawks this year. The Seahawks are my quiet team this year. I mean, can I ask you a couple of industry questions? Please, just real let's quick. do it. I love it. No, All right. Quick. So. You know, the, 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 the whole fantasy construct in the NFL media is fascinating, where, like, it is huge business, of course. It means a great deal to a very specific crowd of people, a substantial crowd of people. It's, 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 it's a huge population that plays fantasy. However, it's a parallel track that sometimes has nothing to do with what's actually happening from a success and failure standpoint. Like, for example... I'm like, I hear all the time about Justin Fields. Yes. Justin Fields this, that, the other thing. Like, he's an incredible talent. Obviously, he was a wonderful to watch. I was a Big Ten, you know, fan They as lost well. 10 games to end the season <laughs> last year, and he completed the least <laughs> amount of passes maybe in the history of any starting quarterback. So is that just fantasy inflation? Yeah, is that different what game. that is? No, it's a different game. So, his, his points right. count a lot because in fantasy football, the quarterback position – uh, rushing yards are seriously heavily weighted, and he runs for a lot of yards. So, like Lamar a couple of years ago. So, it's possible in your world to. I mean, obviously, there are some fantasy experts who have become enormously successful, but like you can exist in that world entirely. You just you're rating players from a fantasy perspective, you know, completely ambivalent about wins and losses. Here's why I come out on it. My arrogance, I come off as pompous when I roll my eyes at the fantasy guys when they're like, I think Jamison Crowder is going to be a breakout. And I'm like, I know this person doesn't talk to any of the coaches. I know this person isn't at practice. I know this person doesn't follow it every day like I do. So why do you know that this random third wide receiver is going to be a breakout player? And yet fantasy expert and they've won fantasy leagues and they got tired. Like, I just don't comprehend it. It's a different sport altogether, fantasy football and the world that I live in. So like today I'm, I'm on good morning football and I will tell you, and again, put this somewhere if you want it. Greg Dulcich is a tight end for the Broncos. <laughs> I put him on a breakout player list and I know that from good sources from the aforementioned people that we we're talking about that they really are excited about Dulcich. He's nowhere on any fantasy list. He's nowhere. And I don't know if he's going to be a huge fantasy football player, but I know that Greg Dulcich has got a role in the Broncos offense. Do with what you want there. However, if someone was to look at me or some of these fantasy experts and they're doing a draft, I would probably direct them to those guys because they know all the metrics and how the stats equate into fantasy points more than I do. Um, do you think that the NFL preseason 
Like the I, I, it felt to me something happened this year where like August. NFL coverage just jumped the rail. I felt that the NFL has been the number one story. I'll tell you what it is. For six weeks now. And, and it used to be like you got a little bit of a break going into September. And I feel like it, it never quit. And I'm like, you know, somebody who covers all these other sports. And I'm like, guys, there's other stuff happening here. We don't have to like talk about the third string quarterback for the Jets. You know, like, what are we doing here? It's the greatest show in town, as you noticed. Um, I'll tell you a couple combinations of things. And here's my big philosophy on it. Actors are on strike. Writers are on strike. So you take out the okay. entertainment world altogether. Okay. The New York Yankees and the New York Mets. I know I'm in a New York world. They okay. both stink. You take them out of thing. Okay. And the Giants and Jets, from my landscape, just New York perspective, are both supposed to be great. And there's a ton of excitement for the first time in a decade around both teams. It was the perfect storm. So for me, I think that's it. And then also, football-wise, they cut it down to three preseason games. It's not four it feels like it's a more limited opportunity, and then we're right back into the season. So uh, with the Roger stuff and with all the different off-season acquisitions, and I think that's just a really intriguing season, and it was a perfect storm in New York at the very least with the Giants and Jets. Who's the halftime? Do we know who the halftime act is? No, for, quick uh, draft again. We'll wrap it on this. Halftime performer, Super Bowl in Vegas. All the reports you've heard, throw them out the window. You don't know anything. It's the NFL. They can get whoever they want, relatively speaking. You're the first choice. If you could pick anybody right now, who's the cultural moment or who's the person worthy of a Vegas Super Bowl? Well, obviously the first call is to Taylor Swift. But I think I heard somebody say on another podcast, she's bigger than the Super Bowl. And it's a very legit argument. My second call would be Beyonce, who's done it before, uh, but is like in prime time, like, you know, performance wise. I think I'd probably say no because she'd been there, done that. So my next call, Peter, um, geez, Bad Bunny. Let's do this. <laughs> Is that right? That's where you're going with it, Bad Bunny. I know he's a huge international superstar, but that long pregnant pause, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Top five recording artists in the world. I'm going Eddie Sheeran, baby, all day, all night. Uh, okay. That's my pick. Okay. He gives me shivers. Okay. All right. I, listen. Did you see that Eddie Sheeran concert for those very special people? I up did in not. The other part of, I did you not. Didn't get the we invite? talked about it. I did not. You didn't no, rate the invite. I would to have that loved one? to have gone. No, Sir Paul McCartney and Billy Joel and Jerry Seinfeld and Dave Portnoy. No, I did not make the list. And Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft, Bon Jovi, uh, Angelica Houston, mm. Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. That was some crew. Mm. All right, well, a couple more years out there, Peter. You'll get the you'll get the invite. That's I'm, it. I'm I just got to keep on hacking away. Uh, Bad Bunny. Do you have a chance to take that back and put in an artist that you actually? Oh come love? on! I'm super legit with Bad Bunny. That's a good one. An artist that I like. Yeah. Stewie yeah. Dan. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. Is Jason Mraz performing? Yes, no, that's fine. Um, Phoebe Bridgers is not playing the Super Bowl, I don't believe. Although they'd be, you know what? Boy Genius would be an amazing halftime show. I don't think they, uh, you know, are going to get the call from the NFL, but I, I give my, you know. That's Taylor Swift's other legacy. She's training the halftime acts of tomorrow. I know. You know, all these know. opening acts. She's Paramore. Raising them up. Boy Genius. I know. Paramore. Good stuff. You're the man. Thank you for joining me, dude. Peter, it's a pleasure. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to come onto this show. I'll see you outside the coffee shop of the future. All right, Jason Gay, awesome guest. Uh, Aaron, that was fun. I, next week is like the start of the season. I'm debating, do I bring on a coach, a GM, 
a broadcast. I might go broadcaster. What do you think? And and like a guy who's going to be calling one of the week one games, and then maybe we go around the league and talk about our last second predictions. I haven't done my Super Bowl prediction yet. As you know, I pump my chest everywhere. I've been very accurate with those in recent years. I had the Chiefs winning last year. I had the Rams winning the year before that. I had the Bucks in the Super Bowl the year before that. And I had the Chiefs going up against the 49ers in the Super Bowl the year before that. So I take a lot of pride in this. And I haven't made my official decision yet, but I feel like next week's monologue, I'm going to lay on you all the predictions, and I want yours as well. So that's a homework Ooh, assignment. Okay. All right. I want your. Here's what you, here's what you have to do for me. Super Bowl prediction, MVP prediction. Okay. Yep. And that's it. Okay. I need your Super Bowl and your MVP prediction, and we're going to lay it on the listeners. Um, I'm going to reveal it Thursday on Good Morning Football, so maybe. Oh, I don't know how we're going to handle this. Maybe uh, I like doing it on TV first. It yeah, kind of yeah. delivers it. So maybe I just get yours and then we pre-tape something and we release it on Thursday after Good Morning Football and we just Ooh. title it Schrager and Aaron's Predictions and watch. We can book the best guests in the world. We can have Tom Brady on this freaking show, but Schrager <laughs> and Aaron's Predictions will be the most listened to <laughs> podcast. Uh I'm debating, do you want studio show guy or gal or do you want NFL broadcaster in the booth for next week. I can get anyone. I think I kind of feel like broadcaster because okay. we've had the studio shows. They're going okay. right now. The broadcast is going to be the thing that's coming back. So I think that I'd be more most excited for that. All right. All right. So then we're going to get either Olsen, Collinsworth, Aikman. I can call Aikman. Romo, I don't know at all. So probably not Romo. It's gonna be one of those four. We'll go. I'll I'll hit up Olson. I'll hit up Aikman. I'll hit up Collinsworth, and we'll have one of those three guys as our guest next week. How's that sound? It's perfect. As long as they're good at arm wrestling. I we got to arm wrestle yeah. like Tyson Badgent's dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I assure you, no one else was talking about Tyson Badgent's dad <laughs> on their podcast this morning. Uh, on behalf of Aaron Wong Kaufman, uh, on behalf of Jason English, the maestro from the iHeart sector of the world. Uh, the NFL Network folks out west, our music man, Jack Rudd, uh, and all you guys who are listening. Thanks for this week's episode of The Season with Peter Schrager. We'll check in with you next week. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.